Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guaranteed we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Eat Sleep Fantasy. All right, welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Fantasy. With me, or my name is Armando, and you can follow me at Thundercrest, but with me is John Chapman. What's up, John? Dude, what a great week. What a crazy week. And if you are joining us, you know, this is usually our waiver wire news notes, move people up and down and all that kind of stuff. There has not been a more important week for the waiver wire and man, quite some time. So many injuries all across the board. So, and at important positions that affect a lot of other guys, lots of QB news. So, um, glad that you're here with us. It's going to be a very information packed episode and I am going to try to find as many ways to insult Armando during the podcast. That's okay. Just don't insult my dog. Oh, no, I like dogs. You like dogs? I love dogs. (laughs) I actually became a cat person recently. I fucking love my cat. Okay, so I thought I was going to have to insult Armando. He just insulted himself. What? What? What's wrong with loving cats? I hate cats, dude. One, I'm allergic to them. But I don't know. I feel like um, I could be wrong here, but I think if you like cats, you have a flaw in your personality. Look. Look, I will. I I would have agreed with you up until like the past year. I got a cat, and it's like the it's. I don't know. It's amazing. Like she's she's better than my dogs. She's not as needy, but she's still super cuddly, and she slaps my dogs in the face, which is great to watch. Like she plays with, (laughs) she bullies the dogs, which is fantastic. I love it. All right, all right, man. I'll I'll give it to you, but. Yeah, I don't know. And also, I do have to add, in staying with the theme of poking at Armando, we played each other in our League of Record, uh, our Dynasty League of Record this week. How'd that go for you, Armando? Oh, you know, I I started Ronald Jones, so, (laughs) (laughs) and Joe Mixon. The worst is when you play a Thursday guy and they lay an egg. It just hurts so, it hurts for four more days, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know. I put a lot of uh, eggs in the uh, Ronald Jones basket this year, and he was oh, he was good week one. He was awful week two. So at this point, I'm like, fuck that guy. You're going on the bench the rest of the season. Yeah, I think you've got to move on past him. But, yeah, so anyway, he didn't tell you. It didn't go well for him. No, I mean, um, I told my lineup so they know that <laughs> they can assume right. that Mixon, Ronald Jones in the starting lineup, yeah, it's not the not the best start to the week. Yeah, but that's okay. That's all right. So, anyway, we've got lots of news, waiver wire ads, lots of stuff to get into. So, man, Armando, take it away, man. Let's jump into this. And also, just want to give a shout-out to our producer, at Kadoo Clayton. Um, This guy is just an information machine, and we can never say thanks enough to Clayton. He is unbelievable. Yep. He also has a Canadian podcast, and you guys should check out on uh, podcasts. Um, Just so you know, I spell his name is C-A-D-I... E-U-X Clayton. Um, I have no idea how to pronounce it properly. So just so you guys know, if you want to follow him, that's how you do it. Um, there you go. Boom. So I, I think we'll title this podcast like Death of Quarterbacks because this is like the we've lost like four major quarterbacks this year. Like 
really bad. So Drew Brees is going to be out at least six weeks. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is supposedly going to step in. He's 100% available in all leagues. What are we doing with Teddy Bridgewater? Man, you don't do much. So, again, a lot of the quarterbacks that we mentioned in today's episode are going to apply to super flex leagues where you get the option to start two, two quarterbacks leagues where you have to start two, and then deep dynasty where you have a much larger roster. So in your standard redraft, this doesn't affect you as much as far as just rostering these quarterbacks. Like if you're in a 12-team standard one-quarterback league, you're not picking up Teddy Bridgewater. Just leave him on the waiver wire. But this is going to affect everybody around him, uh, namely Kamara, Michael Thomas, uh, Traycon Smith, any of those types of guys, Latavius Murray. It affects everybody else around there. So it, absolutely, I mean, you can look at it and say, okay, Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, it matters because Teddy Bridgewater is not that. Uh, he stepped in and was pretty rough to say the least. Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. 17 for 30, 165 yards. He had a QBR of 10.8. That's awful. Basically, he just adds nothing. Um, he just adds nothing. Kamara, his numbers were awful. Probably the worst of his career. You know, 13 rushes, 45 yards. And because they were able to stack the box. And not a lot of first downs. It just turned into a terrible offensive game. I don't think it's going to be that bad because the Rams' defense is actually decent, but you do have to. This knocks Kamara. This marks, you know, knocks all those guys down considerably. Okay, so here's my question: I had Michael Thomas ranked probably number one this this year. I'm probably going to drop him probably around ten to twelve moving forward for at least the next six weeks until I see something from Teddy Bridgewater. Um, do you agree with that? Where do you have uh, Michael Thomas going? Yeah, forward? I don't want to overreact right away. So, for example, and you'll hear me say this a lot, uh, buy low, sell high. I sent in quite a few trades today in all my leagues for Michael Thomas because, yes, is he the number one wide receiver? Like some people had him. No, he's not anymore. But he still received 13 targets in a game where they only scored nine points. So that's very reassuring. Ten catches, 89 yards. And because he goes out of the slot and – he does a lot of short to intermediate routes. I think that's Teddy's specialty. The targets right. will be there. So worst case scenario for him is a wide receiver too, but I still think that he's a bottom end wide receiver one. Yeah, he's around there. I mean, I'm going to have him behind like Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, especially with the Gallup injury. Like he'll be back there. I'm not benching him. I don't think I'm trading him right now. It just depends how bad this goes. But um, unless I'm getting like a top tier talent like those guys I just mentioned, I'm not moving Michael Thomas. I don't think anyone else should. Yeah. I mean, it's only six I'm going to try weeks. to get him, but. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And with uh, Kamara, I mean, I had him probably top three behind you know, Barkley. I think it hurts him more than Michael Thomas, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, because the, the thing is with this, Kamara's going to be facing a loaded box from now on, which he never saw. So I really do think that this affects him much more so. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he actually plays in the passing game, um, if he's going to be more involved, or they can put Latavius Murray more as a runner, and you know how they're going to... I think they're going to run the ball a lot more this time around with Teddy Bridgewater. So I think this might give Murray a little bit of a bump. And I think Jared Cook might get a bump too. Like I don't know how good Bridgewater's arm is, so maybe... Maybe Cook gets a little bump. He's been pretty bad recently, but moving forward, he might Man, get a little bit of a bump. I don't know. He's not He's not getting any separation on his routes. Every single play, he's got at least one guy draped all over him. 
I, I've been very disappointed in Cook so far. Who knows? Maybe Teddy Bridgewater could fix it, but I doubt it. I, I'm pretty yeah. low on Cook right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I'm not picking him up, but there is that, you know, if you're desperate, like I lost Hunter Henry in a league and I need a tight end, so maybe I'll pick up Cook, not as a waiver wire, but as a uh, free agent. Might be something to see. Um, so moving forward, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be on IR. So Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. What are we doing? Man, so a couple things about Mason Rudolph that are important to understand. One, he came in and looked really good. Uh, 12 for 19, two touchdowns, one interception, 100 yards. And the thing with Mason Rudolph, if you go back to whenever he was brought in, he was a rookie. He is an exceptional deep ball quarterback. He struggles on the short to intermediate routes, but his deep ball is as pretty as they get. So this is a guy that can still put up points in this offense. Um, this offense is still something that can keep going and function rather well. Now, the problem is they are traveling all the way across the country to San Francisco, whose defense has looked unbelievable. I can't believe it. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense, to be honest with you. Um, they've given up a couple trash touchdowns late, too. So the numbers actually are not doing the 49ers defense justice because uh, two of those touchdowns, which they haven't given up very much, have been in trash time. So curious to see what's going to happen there. Um, um, I, I do think, again, Mason Rudolph, he is a guy outside of Teddy Bridgewater. He could have standalone value just because of this offense and the weapons that they have. So whereas I said Teddy Bridgewater is only addable in Superflex and Standard, I think that Mason Rudolph actually has standalone value. Um, curious to see. There's a much more upside here than there is with Teddy Bridgewater, I think. Do you agree? Yeah, I think yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um if there is someone that's going to get a bump in this offense, I mean, you could, I don't know if you'll agree, but I think it's going to be James Washington. Yep. They showed a lot of chemistry in the preseason. Well, they were so college teammates. Some... They freaking exactly. came up together. They were drafted together. They've, yeah. Yeah. So I'm seeing Mason Rudolph, James Washington. I, I mean, I think James Washington might be a buy, buy low right now. And Vance McDonald. He loves Vance McDonald. Yes, he Caught did. two touchdown passes, seven targets. I mean, and that's the thing. You catch a young quarterback's eye. Uh, you've got to be excited about it. So so here's my question. How much does it affect Juju? If we're saying this is going to help Vance McDonald, this is going to help James Washington, what's going on with Juju? Man, I I hate to say it, but I am I was not on the Juju wagon early on this year. I traded him in a few different leagues. I'm not sold on him, man. I, I, the talent I believe in. I totally believe yeah. in the talent. I believe in the offense. But I don't know. There's just too many question marks here to value him as a back-end wide receiver one. I'd still prefer Michael Thomas to him. Um, I oh, yeah. prefer Keenan Allen to him. I'd oh, prefer for sure. a yeah. lot of these other wide receivers that were drafted way after him. I'd prefer them. Now, I kind of put Juju ahead of the Minnesota Vikings wide receivers, Thielen and Diggs, but just because of the volume. But until we see something with him and this new quarterback, because Big Ben's done for the year. They've come out and yeah. said he's done. It's going to be the Mason Rudolph show. So we'll see. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Juju is going to be a wide receiver, too. I, I think I had him dra um, drafted as a wide receiver, too. So he's going to be around the Kenny Galladay train, around the um, – who, who else do we have around there? Man, uh, I might take Galladay over him, too. Yeah, I think I have Galladay ahead of him as well. But I think that's where I have him, you know. Like Calvin Ridley, uh, Kenny Galladay, that realm. Um, I don't think Juju's going to be a wide receiver one. If you were drafting him there, that's – yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> yep. So before we move on to the other guys we have on our uh, waiver wire, we have Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, Jacoby, 
and Minshew. Can you rank these for me? Okay, I'm going to go. I think that you got to go Brissett first. Then I'd go Gardner Minshew, and then I would go Mason, and then a huge drop down would be Teddy Bridgewater. So if you had to go quarterback, again, Jacoby Brissett, he's put up solid points back-to-back weeks, and so he's going to be kind of your highest floor quarterback. So if you're just needing somebody to get you through uh, a week or two, a bye week, whatever, if you're planning ahead for week four bye weeks already, which you should be going into week three, always plan ahead one week for your bye weeks if you have a decent size bench, but if here in my philosophy is always this okay if i'm looking for a bye week or injury short term replacement i want high floor i want somebody that's not going to cost me that week if you are looking for a season long replacement let's say your quarterbacks were drew brees and ben roethlisberger now you're shooting for high ceiling which player can take it over and actually become that guy? The highest ceiling, I think, is going to be Mason Rudolph, then Gardner Minshew, then uh, Brissett, and again, last place, Teddy Bridgewater, stay the hell away from. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think in dynasty formats, I think Mason Rudolph is the one to own by far. I mean, Gardner Minshew has looked really good. We don't know anything about him. He is a rookie, sixth-round draft pick, So, but he's looked great. So as long as he continues, you know, he might be the number one between the four. Have you seen but- his outfits? No, I know he has a giant ass mustache. He does. And the funny thing is, so like <laughs> his pregame routine is in the locker room with the media present and coaches and everybody around there. He likes to go through a full stretch routine and nothing but a jock strap. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, this That's dude. That's awesome. He is. There's so much to this guy. I mean, like he is Dirk Diggler. That's just who he is. And I love I it. I like this guy. I like him. Um, so we're going to move on to the running backs. Uh, Devin Singletary is day-to-day. He did get injured in a non-contact way, so that's worrisome. But news came out today. It's just day-to-day. Frank Gore is available in 97% of leagues. What's happening, John? Man, Frank Gore should be the guy to own. Um, he really should be. You look at just the differential and snaps and or – uh, you know, carries, it's Frank Gore. Frank Gore got 43 snaps to Devin Singletary's 23, and the run distribution as far as touches was even more. Frank Gore 19, Devin Singletary 6. Now, Singletary's making a lot with what he's getting, you know, averaging over 9 yards a carry, touchdown back-to-back games, but it seems like Frank Gore is what they're going to rely on. I, I really do believe that. So if Frank Gore should be owned in every single format, PPR, whatever. If you have, because the Buffalo Bills, they're one of the predominant running programs in the NFL. So if you're going to get somebody getting close to 20 touches or even more than 20 touches, you've got to roster that guy. So the way I see Frank Gore is, man, I, I, I hate to say this, but he is Peyton Barber with more upside because the volume is yeah. is huge. But he's getting active in the passing game too. So, you know, he two catches, 15 yards, plus 19 rushes, and he's getting red zone touches. No, Frank Gore needs to be rostered in every single league. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. The injury to Devin Singletary, if he misses any time, I don't think it def- necessarily um, helps Frank Gore. It might bring TJ Yeldon into the forefront a little more. Um, I think Frank Gore is going to be Frank Gore getting all the work. But uh, I think T.J. Yeldon's good, a change of pace guy with Frank Gore being there. So if anything, you know, if he misses any time, it's going to be T.J. Yeldon that gets the bump, not Frank Gore. Um, so James Conner's knee injury is not serious. He is day-to-day. Jalen Samuels is a direct handcuff, not Snell. Um, Correct. Samuels is 65% available. 
are you picking up Jalen Samuels? He's day to day. We don't know what's happening, but I do think uh, he's worth a pickup if you own James Conner. Yeah, they just came out just saying he is day to day and that he will be suiting up. I'm not rushing. I'm not going to spend one of my top waiver claims on Jalen Samuels yet because, again, Jalen Samuels doesn't have a lot of standalone value. It is only if James Conner's out. I don't think James Conner's going to be out personally. I think he's going to be able to play. So because of that, there's lots of other options that are out there. I would rather have Frank Gore over Jalen Samuels. Right, on your roster right now. But I think as the season progresses, like week 12, you're going to want Jalen Samuels over Frank Gore just because in the playoffs, you want your handcuffs. Frank Gore is inevitable. (laughs) Okay. This guy Um, is, he's, you say whatever the hell you want about him. And I think Devin Singletary is going to continue to get more work. You can't push him away. You just can't do it. It doesn't matter no. what coaching staff, doesn't matter what team it is. He does all the small things right and positive things happen whenever he's in there. I don't know, man. I'm just hey, going to be the Dolphins uh, had him and they won a couple games. This, we don't have him this year and we're 0-2, so. <laughs> the Dolphins are a mess. I don't think anybody can fix that team. <laughs> anyway. Um, so let's go to the wide receivers. Um, Alshon and Deshaun Jackson left uh, week two against the Falcons. Both, and one with a groin Dallas Goddard, too. Yeah, I know. Um, so the guy that's going to end up on our waiver wire is Nelson Aguilar. He's available in 85% of the leagues. Um, are we picking up Nelson Aguilar? If I had a guaranteed assurance that Alshon, Goddard, and Jackson were out, then maybe. I do not believe in Nelson Aguilar. He got 11 targets, eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. But he cost them that damn game. If you watched it, he dropped the wide-open touchdown, would have won the damn thing. I do not believe in this guy. I don't believe Carson Wentz believes in this guy. I don't think the only way this guy's going to get this kind of workload is if he's got three people out ahead of him. If he's only got two guys out ahead of him, then I'm saying no. Yeah, I mean – I don't think the offense is going to change too much with those two guys out. Um, I think a guy that people should look out for is Matt Collins and Whiteside. Yep. Nelson Aguilar, I mean, it was just he knew the offense more. They threw him out there. But I think Whiteside, if they game plan with any of those two guys being out, it's going to be Whiteside, in my opinion. Um, I'm not wasting any fab on Nelson Aguilar unless I'm nope. desperate. I mean, I don't understand why he is still in the NFL, I'll be honest with you. I know I'm kind of harsh. But that is harsh. He's he's not a good football player. He's just not. I don't. All right. Well, you know. Just, I don't think he's that bad. I think he's like a Randall. He's he's just a wide receiver five, and that's what he is in this offense. There you um, go. So, so uh, Michael Gallup will miss two to four weeks with a meniscus uh, tear. Is it a tear? Yeah, they're going to repair it. So you can call it what you want. The meniscus is really interesting um, because you can call it a tear almost all the time. A lot of times it folds, but whatever. It's a huge pain issue, and you've got to take care of it or play through the pain. And so you just get in there, you clean it up, hopefully it gets better. But this is huge because Gallup has freaking been unbelievable early on. Uh, He's been great. I think that this is great news for Devin Smith. He's going to be fantasy viable. You know, he had three catches and a touchdown on three targets this week. But as long as Dak Prescott is playing the way that he's playing, holy cow, man. Uh, Back-to-back games, he's leading the NFL in touchdown passes. Um, He has just been unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys came out like literally four minutes ago saying that they're going to get Devin Smith the ball more with Gallup being out. So, you know, yeah, he, I think 
Devin Smith is definitely worth a waiver wire pickup if you're desperate for a wide receiver. I wouldn't waste more than 5% of your fab on it. But, uh, yeah, two to four weeks is enough to make Devin Smith pick if you need a quarterback, a wide receiver to pick up. I still think that there are wide receivers out there that I would rather have. Um, sure. Like both yeah. of the Kansas City guys, you know, Williams and Nicole Hardman. But he does have value. I agree with you there. Um, all right, so Will Disley is 90 – I mean – is 90, 98% available. I don't know if this was game flow or anything, but he looked spectacular. He saved the Seattle Seahawks this week. Uh, is he worth the waiver wire ad? 100%. Um, yeah. And so whenever I say, like, so here's the deal. Let's say you have O.J. Howard, which you could make the argument is the biggest bust of the year so far. So like, far, yeah. I mean, he's just, you drafted that guy a top five tight end. We told you not to, but you did it anyway. And, yeah, so, like, if you are in that category you need to go get this guy it's very difficult to get tight ends that are going to be winners for you now the Seattle offense is intriguing to say the least because they don't throw the ball very much Russell Wilson did throw it 35 times this week which is a lot for him but five targets two touchdowns anybody that Russell Wilson likes you need to get and so Will Disley seems to be the guy that is going to be there in the red zone. Um, he's not going to be a huge PPR guy, but it doesn't matter if you're getting that type of touchdown volume in the red zone. Yeah, Will Disley needs to be owned if you have any issues at tight end whatsoever. Yeah, I'm picking him up. I have uh, Hunter Henry as my current tight end. He, uh, he's injured, so yeah, I'll definitely be adding him. You need to do that. <laughs> um, so Demarcus Robinson and McCole Harbin are also going to be on our waiver wire column. One's 99% owned, um, available and 73% available. Which one are you grabbing? Uh, Williams should be the grab first. McColl should be second. Um, now, having said that, they're both insanely valuable. But if you just look at, so McColl Hardman had six targets, and Williams or Robinson had six targets as well. Um, but Robinson was the number one wide receiver. So if you went to week one, the number one wide receiver was Sammy Watkins. You go to week two, Robinson was the number one wide receiver in the NFL. 172 yards, two touchdowns. This offense can be anybody. So if you can get both of them, get both of them because they are both going to continue to have insane value as long as douchebag is out. Now, even <laughs> after douchebag returns, these guys will still have standalone value. Um, and I, I think long-term Hardman, look at this offense and what they are doing. I Yeah, but it was against the Oakland Raiders. I think that it's going to be Travis Kelsey and whoever the number one is. This week it was Demarcus Robinson. Sammy Watkins was a nobody. But I don't that's think the thing. Sammy Watkins had 13 targets. They are throwing the ball like crazy. And yeah. whenever you have a quarterback that can throw four touchdowns in one quarter. Yeah. All right. You're right. You're right. He Yeah, he did do that. <laughs> And he had touchdowns called back. I mean, Cole Hardman had two touchdowns called back. That dude could You're, have been the number one. So I do think that this offense has room for three wide receivers whenever they're trying to throw the ball like they they are. And then you add to that, uh, LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams are both injured now. Um, I think they'll be okay long term, but they're going to throw it more. I, I don't disagree with you. The running backs are just horrible. And uh, I disagree with you that I think they have Stanley Valley once Tyreek Hill comes back. I think – Grab any wide receiver you can on the Kansas City until Tyreek Kill comes back. I think McCole Hardman's going to be just fine, you know, for the next couple of weeks. I just don't know if there's standalone value beyond that. All right. Um, so Debo Samuel is making our waiver wire column because Pettis has not played in the NFL this year. He's been atrocious. 
is Debo Samuel, you're the 49er guy, is Debo Samuel the guy to own in uh, San Francisco? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, yeah, he's Debo Samuel's the guy. Um, you know, one, he's get rush attempts both games, and he led the 49ers in targets with seven, five catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Debo's the guy to own, but yeah, you should drop Pettis. He had 35 snaps, but zero targets. He did throw a pass and complete a pass this game, interesting enough. But yeah, it is time in standard redraft leagues to move on from Dante Pettis. That is correct. Do you, do you think he's a bust at this point? Because like, I, I, I invested in him in a couple uh, dynasty leagues. Like, what are we, like, is he, is his career over? <laughs> it's not over. Um, you know, they, they purposely put a trick play in the playbook to get him involved. Uh, he was, he had a groin injury week one, so he only got two snaps, but had a catch week one. Then he comes back week two, gets 35 snaps, uh, made some good plays out there blocking whatever else. But I, I don't think you drop him yet in deep dynasty leagues. I think you hold on to him. But, yeah, you've got to wait and see. There's no way you can start this guy with confidence whenever you have an offense go off for over 500-plus yards and he didn't get a target in that. Uh, it's definitely problematic to say the least. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. I'm not starting him, but I'm not dropping him in dynasty formats at least. Right. Um, so we're going to kind of move on to the running backs. We have Raheem Morissette, who looked fucking amazing. Um, 150 yards total, two touchdowns. Is he for real? Are we going to buy into this? Like, Does he have standalone value when, um, when Coleman comes back? What are we doing? So here's the thing with Kyle Shanahan offense. Any running back that is back there has insane value. He loves to use two guys. Um, he wants to do kind of a 60-40 split, which is usually what he does between Breida and Mostert right now. But on super long drives where it's you know 12, 13-plus plays, something like that, he will get the third guy in there. Uh, Jeff Wilson did get in and steal a touchdown from Mostert and then got you know trash duty, got another touchdown late. Mostert is incredibly valuable, just like Breida is. Any running back in this offense, they rush for 259 yards. That's unbelievable That's in a game. Yeah, There is so much value there. It's funny because, you know, in DFS, with the DFS guys, we talked about Breida and Mostert and having them in lineups. I had one of them in each lineup, and they both hit. Matt Breida had 121 total yards. Mostert had 83 rushing and then got in in the end zone with an additional 68 yards. Like, this is the Kyle Shanahan offense, or just really Daddy Shanahan or Son Shanahan. Any running back in this scheme has insane value. I love Mostert. You can start him with confidence against the Steelers next week. Now, once Tevin Coleman comes back, his value, he will be relocated to the third position guy. So um, Brita will continue to have value all year. But, yes, Mostert is in a window. So because of that, pick him up and trade him. Pick him up, start him one more week, then trade him. Um, he's going to continue to do great things. He might not have 150 yards and a touchdown every week as the number two back in San Francisco, but still still has a lot of value. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. So Carlos Hyde had 20 carries and 90 yards. I mean, everyone thought it was going to be uh, running back by committee. This did not look like that. No, He's available in 48% of leagues. I'm more on the fence where it was a revenge game for Carlos Hyde because he was traded by the Jags last week. I don't know if this is consistent. What do you think? So it was a weird game because they didn't throw the ball to the running back position at all. And Houston basically seemed to have the mindset of if we score 14 points, we win this game. So let's just chill the hell out and just run the ball and be weird, which was very unlike Houston. Um, but yes, Carlos Hyde, holy freaking cow. If the Houston offense can get on track, which I think it will, I still think Jacksonville has a top 
three defense, Carlos Hyde could be a league winner. Um, if you yeah. want to know, like, year in, year out, like, through the rest of the year, I'm telling you right now, if this offense picks it up, Carlos Hyde could be a league winner. If he is available on your waiver wire, he is my number one waiver ad outside of Superflex Leagues. Um, that, that's a different story. But I, Carlos Hyde could be the guy. I really do believe that. All right. I mean, it's it's definitely possible. With 20 carries against the Jags and 90 yards, that's he averaged definitely. Four, yeah. You average four and a half yards per carry against this Jags defense. That's huge. So if you yeah. put that against some of the crappier teams that they're going to play against, which they're coming, um, then who knows what's going to happen. So they are in a very tough division, which I hate. But if you're getting 20 carries in a Deshaun Watson-led offense, um, yeah, this could be something special. You're talking – flex play at worst rest of the year but if he's going to be the lead back that's a possible rb2 high-end rb2 that you can get off the waiver wires for the year so huge carlos side number one ad this week for me um so peyton barber is also available in 43 percent of leagues he out touched <laughs> jones why don't you take this one he outtou- i don't want to talk about this he outtouched uh, ronald jones <laughs> 23 to 4 on thursday night I don't know if this was game flow or anything else. Barber is definitely the back to own right now. Um, he's not spectacular. He is Frank Gore with less upside. But if you're de- in desperate need of a running back, I think Peyton Barber is worth an ad. And, you know, if you need a running back, definitely worth at least 20% of your fab. Because last year he was consistently out there playing every snap. So get him. Don't expect him to win you the week, but he definitely won't lose it for you. Again, uh, my favorite stat is he's the first player in over a decade to have 250 touches and not pass a thousand yards. Yeah, he's awful. He's so bad, but he's just like Frank Gore. Like, what? He's gonna keep getting the yards here and there, and you know, be a top 24 guy somehow. Uh, it's it's weird the way it works and consistency and stuff like that. I I would, I don't know. I want to stay away from him. But do you know what I don't want to stay away from Armando? Hmm. Manscaped.com. It is the place to go if you would like more attention in your nether regions. And guess what? If you use the promo code ESF at manscaped.com, you get 20% off the entire order plus free shipping. And if you buy one of their kits, you also get an awesome travel bag. I actually use this travel bag. It's pretty nice. It's leather, carries all your stuff, and it's not like one of those like cheap flimsy ones that feels dirty. It's very, very nice. So if you want to clean up your downstairs area to make it look more appealing to whomever, um, I would like to make mine look more appealing to Armando. But, mm. um, you know, I'm just going to throw that out there. Just what's up? I yeah, will present it to you. That. There you go. Uh, head over to manscaped.com. Again, use promo code ESF for 20% off your total thing, no matter what you buy over there, and free shipping. I don't know why you guys haven't gone there now. Like, I can legitimately say I have used this product this week. It is unbelievable. Uh, you can't hurt yourself with it. If you've ever cut yourself down there, it's one of the worst things in the world. It just it takes is. all that out of it. So, uh, yeah, manscaped.com. Thanks, John. That was that was a good read. All right. Um, so before we move on from the running backs, I just kind of want to know, can you rank these guys for me? So we have Carlos Hyde, Peyton Barber, Raheem Morris said, obviously, Jaden Samuels is tentative depending on what happens. Where are we? Uh, where do you have these guys ranked I have as a waiver wire ad? Hyde, then I have Mostert, then Jalen Samuels, then Peyton Barber. I have Peyton Barber very, very low on my list. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think uh, Peyton Barber has the most potential to be the long-term um, ad. But I think the other two guys have more upside. Um, so the last guy we're going to talk about is DJ Chark. He's available in 88% of leagues. 
but he's a top 10 wide receiver right now in fantasy football. Yeah, we talked about him last week, and you know the conversation was like, you know, D.D. Westbrook or D.J. DJ Chark, and I kind of said, man, like D.D. Westbrook's probably going to be the guy, but Chark looked way better. And yeah. sure enough, Minshew kept chunking him the ball deep, seven catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Chark's going to be the guy. It seems like, you know, if we've seen anything with Minshew, it's that Conley, DJ Chark, Westbrook number three. It's just kind of the pecking order early on now. It's just been a one-and-a-half game sample size. So what do you do with that long term? But as of right now, it's got to be DJ Chark is the number one guy there in that offense. And it seems like they're kind of adjusting what they're doing. With Nick Foles, you have kind of a deep ball quarterback that wants a vertical passing game. But with Minshew, he's the exact opposite of that. He's a dink and dunk, highly accurate guy. You know, he goes 23 for 33 pass attempts. Um, so, like, it seems like they're just going to kind of keep chunking the ball like crazy. So we'll see what happens. So with we have DJ Chark, um, Debo Samuel, the two Kansas City guys, and uh let's see if there's another guy. No and uh Devin Smith. Can you rank those five for me? I'm going Nelson to go man. <laughs> I'm gonna go for me it's Chark. I'm gonna go against what I said earlier. Yeah. I, I want me Cole, then oh. I want Williams with Kansas City, both those guys first, then Debo. Then DJ, and then who am I missing? Uh, Nelson Aguilar. Oh, no, he's not in the conversation. And Devin Smith, obviously, probably not. Devin Smith is going to be slightly ahead of Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I'm on the same. I'm not on the same boat with you. I'm definitely, right now, I think it's going to be DJ Chark for me, Nicole Hardman. Um, Yeah, DJ Chark. I mean, it's been two games in a row. We've only seen those numbers from the other guys once or twice. I mean, one time. And then Debo Samuel. That I think that offense is still finding itself. I mean, you you would know better than I do, but I think that as the season progresses, we're gonna have different wide receivers step up over there. There's just so many guys who are decent. None of them you are want, above do you want to make a bet? I want to make a bet here. Sure, let's do an eat bet. You get your DJ Chark. Yeah. I want my me Cole Hardman, and let's say right. rest of season points. The loser will do an eat bet on it. All right, let's let's actually make the bet now a food bet because we usually do these and then we just forget what it is. Okay. Um, let's do something sour. Okay. I don't I hate sours. Okay. You want to do spicy instead? Yeah, that's fine. You Ooh. like spicy? I like everything, man. Are you, have you seen me? How about just a jalapeno? Done. Does that work? Just simple. Simple enough. All Done. Right. Loser, loser eats a jalapeno. All right. I'm excited about this. This you, is good. This is the first one this season. And again, we're saying from this point forward, so not weeks one and two, which I think they're relatively close. I think DJ's probably up. But week oh, three... Yeah. To the end of the season. So, I mean, when I say he was top 10, he's actually top five in uh, standard formats. Yep. So, just throwing it out there. That's pretty incredible. That's ahead of Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Calvin Ridley, Keen Allen. Like, he's up there. Um, so, so there's a couple other pieces of news we should kind of talk about. Um, Josh Jacobs is dealing with a groin issue. Um, he's day-to-day as well. We're not sure of the severity. I think it's going to be uh, Dwayne Washington or Jalen Richard. I think Jalen Richard has outsnapped Dwayne Washington to this point. Um, but if you missed any time, those are the two guys to pick up. I like it. I like it. I, yeah. I think Josh Jacobs is still going to be the guy there. But um, yeah. yeah, if anything happens, uh, we don't know any more information besides he has a groin issue day to day. So if he does miss time, I think it's going to be the, Jay Mo- the Jalen Richard show. Um, Eli Manning 
Pat Shermer declined to make him the starter for week three. Daniel Jones is so much better than him. So is much. he worth a tentative ad? Yes. Uh, again, super flex, all those things. Daniel Jones is actually... I don't think you want to do it right now with the other quarterbacks that are out there. Um, so, yeah. again, like if you're looking at who to add, Mason Rudolph should be the guy. But, yeah, if you're in a super flex or a 2QB league, Daniel Jones is probably already owned. Um, his ownership's going to be a lot higher than Mason Rudolph and some of those other guys. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that one. But, yeah, in Dynasty formats, he should be owned in all Dynasty leagues. Yep. Um, Tyrell Williams is dealing with a hit pointer. He is questionable for week three, so that's something to keep track of. If you own anyone in Oakland, you should be a little nervous because they are getting banged the fuck up. They're just a bad team with no depth. Uh, they do have a lot of young talent, but they're already seeing that drop like flies. Derek Carr is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think it's going to take too much longer to see that. But he does love him some Terrell Williams. So uh, if Terrell Williams is playing, I think that he is a wide receiver two to wide receiver three. Uh, just because his touchdown upside is huge and they have nobody else to throw the ball to. So um, if he's in there, I, I do like Terrell Williams. He made me some money in DFS this week. Yeah, definitely worth uh, noting. Uh, Adam and Terry is not retiring right now. He's going to play f- uh, week three for the Falcons. Oh, wait, against the Falcons. So that's something to note. You know, don't send him any presents yet for his retirement. He's playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Elijah, Elijah McGuire was uh, elevated for the Browns since their backup running back is in concussion protocol. So that's something to note that he is a handcuff now for uh, Chubb. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, uh, this is... They don't have running back depth, even though they traded away Duke and they've got Kareem Hunt coming back eventually. But I think DeErnest is going to be the guy that's going to be the backup there. Uh, I, I don't really see Elijah McGuire getting a lot of work, but he's no, just going to no. be like a handcuff guy. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. Um, Ty Johnson is uh, look like the look like the backup to Kerryon Johnson. Yep. Do you agree? I mean, he got a lot of work last week. Seven touches, thirty six yards isn't bad against the Chargers. No, there's no doubt about that. Like it's going to be him. Um, that's there. It's it's an interesting thing just because it's such a shitty coach team, the Lions, yeah. and so th- they continue to prove to us you cannot rely on this coaching staff. You look at Danny Amendola with what happened. He goes out and gets like 14 <laughs> catches to zero catches. There's Hey, they won the game. You can't hate them too much. It's, they did everything they could to not win it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, yeah, it, you, you cannot rely on that coaching staff on a fantasy standpoint. Is that fair? Yeah. No, I don't disagree with you. Except Kyrion Johnson, I think he's going to be steady as a, a running back, too. I don't think he has much more upside but beyond that. Right. Um, so I kind of want to talk about this last topic, Lamar Jackson. I just want to point this out to everyone, John might agree or disagree. He has played the Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals, who were the worst team in the NFL last year. Definitely the so worst high. defense in the NFL this year. Okay, uh, maybe not. Maybe Miami. I don't know. There's a debate there. But as long as Patrick Peterson is out, you could argue the Cardinals might actually be worse. But you are correct. And here's the deal. It's not over for Lamar Jackson. He still has more crappy matchups. So just understand, uh, he's not done. He's got more to come. Right. Like I'm I, in, a, in a dynasty format, I might trade for him, but he is not necessarily uh, the number one quarterback in the NFL right now. He is living. He's playing against really bad defenses. This isn't real. I think he's going to come back down to earth and be, you know, 
a twenty a twelve to sixteen guy in fantasy football. So here's the deal. Let's let's just look through his schedule, okay? He's yeah. playing the Chiefs at the Chiefs this week again. Very bad defense. Then he's at home for the Browns. Very good defense. Then Steelers and Bengals. So he still has three easy matchups over the next four weeks. So, again, I have Lamar Jackson in a few leagues, and I'm sure some of you a-holes are listening to this episode, and I sent trades out. I'm trying to sell them. I want to win a huge piece. Um, you know, I'm offering things like um, Lamar Jackson and Stephen Diggs for uh, Deshaun uh, – sorry um, – Awesome Odell wide receiver, uh, Hopkins, things there like that. Odell Jesus Beckham, Christ. things like that. So, and especially if one of those teams had been Roethlisberger or Drew Brees, I'm targeting those teams. Uh, I am fine getting rid of a premium piece at quarterback if I can get a premium running back or wide receiver. So and sell just, high. Yeah, I want to point this out as well. He plays Houston, L.A., San Francisco, Buffalo, New York Jets, and Cleveland in the season. That's not an easy schedule, mm-hmm. um, so it's definitely going to get a lot harder for him as the season progresses. Um, yeah, you got to sell him. I think you have to sell him. There's better. Um, there's better. I don't think there's better quarterbacks necessarily on the waiver wire, but you can get but a the, lot for him. The crazy thing is, better. though, he has more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes does right now. I don't yeah, think that's no, going to continue. But wow, he's got seven passing touchdowns. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, five of them came against Miami. It's kind of on like. I think that he's going to come back down to earth. It's just that's just not not sustainable. Whatsoever. I still think he's going to be a top ten quarterback rest of. Well, season. it's hard to yeah, but sure. um, I don't think that this craziness continues. No, I think if you take away the numbers he's had this season thus thus far, I think he'll finish around twelve. But if you calculate everything he's had, I think yeah, he's top ten. I like it. That's all I got, John. I hope I did enough for you, man. You no, happy. you did great. Uh, I feel good about this. I'm glad that uh, we talked about my nether regions and me presenting them to you. And uh, I, I do apologize to the listening audience. I did not insult Armando enough. but Not at once. I know. I, you know what we could do next time? Let's put our video feed up there, and that would take care of all the insults we need. There you go. Yeah, I'll just yeah. show my triple <laughs> chain off. Um, I, I do want to give a shout-out to all our writers. We've been actually producing a shit ton of articles this, oh gosh, um, this season so far. Like. We're like professional almost. I know. I'm liking it, man. Three a day is coming out. So, you know, there's Michael Reese out there, Benjamin. We have a new guy named Austin. Clayton, obviously, and JJ are dropping um, two articles a week. They're just killing it. And Ryan and John. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that's actually producing the articles for us. And uh, hopefully we uh, keep this going. Yeah, I like it. So if you have not already... Make sure you hit subscribe. Our YouTube page is on fire. Head over to Eat Sleep Fantasy on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because we are putting a lot of stuff out on there. And uh, other than that, you got anything else, Armando? That's all, folks. That was that was cheesy. Oh, we got it in right there. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Eat Sleep Fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming Eat Nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week. Guaranteed we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts. I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah. Eat Sleep Fantasy. Woo. Uh-huh. Eat Sleep Fantasy.